Hello, Nevadans. This is the NV Politics Podcast, where we discuss political hot topics throughout the state of Nevada to keep you informed on what's going on. We're your hosts. I'm Dominique Labonte. And I'm Tim Hannafin. And we're recording this episode of NV Politics on June 8th, 2023. So let's get into it. Oh my goodness, Tim. So many things have happened in the last... Have they? Have they? I didn't know. So much news. Uh, I woke up to an article sent to me this morning regarding Governor Lombardo being under an ethics investigation. And for the second time since this podcast inception, there's been an indictment on a former president, the same former president. So it hasn't been a great day for Republicans. (laughs) Yeah, it's been a day. It's been an interesting day for sure. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I figure we're, we're going to talk about some of these things, but real quick, what we're going to be covering today, kind of all of our stuff is a, a rehash or an update. Yeah. So our, <laughs> our main topic <laughs> is going to be kind of recapping the ending of the 82nd legislative session. What do you mean ending? (laughs) Did it end? Uh, Okay, look, we've been joking around about this special session coming up. (coughs) Sessions. (coughs) Sorry, I'm stuck in my throat. I'm sorry. And it happened, okay? It was almost like we could predict the future. But real quick, the the actual 82nd legislative session concluded on June 6th at 12:19 a.m. and today we're going to review kind of where it left off and what's going to happen next what's important for people to know about what's going on and then once we go through that we're we're going to do our broke our brain segment so from there Let's let's really just start breaking down this ending of the legislative session. So the first thing that I want to say is 218 bills thus far have been passed both houses and been signed by the governor. So and I, don't, I don't remember how many we started with, but it was somewhere about a thousand or so. I don't yeah, know the exact there. number, but so we're at, you know, that 20 or so percent pass rate not mm-hmm. not too great but uh not too bad overall Continue. i mean when we're talking about having a non-unified government i guess this is kind of expected uh, in a way to be honest i was a bit shocked how much vetoing the governor did uh but he kind of set the tone right from the beginning uh with some of those gun control bills that we've yep. already reported on so Tim, do you want to share kind of where the session landed and what what's next? Well, it, some of the highlights that I'm at least happy of or grumbling about because we don't know where they're landing, but uh, film credits are supposedly dead. I say yeah. supposedly because that is what the rumored third session will be about. Um, as this episode will go on, I'm doubting that that third session will ever happen. But that is, if it were to, that is what the third session is rumored to be about. Okay. Um, that's dead, thank 
Gosh. Uh, yeah, I have not heard of a rumored third session, so that's news to me. So, and this rumor only comes from a Nevada Independent reporter on their Twitter account who was saying there are rumors of a session around the CIP, which was session 34. We'll, we'll discuss that. So, and again, then, when we're saying this, everyone, we're referring specifically to special sessions. Yes, which, special which session only 34. The governor, yeah, only the governor can call into session after an, a legislative session has concluded. The only requirements of those sessions are that they have to meet to discuss what the governor has proposed or what the governor wants to discuss. They don't necessarily have to enact, pass, or do anything. And constitutionally, in the state of Nevada, they can last no longer than 20 days. So by default, we have at least a 20-day special session. The first one had a time frame on it. We'll discuss that if we need to. I don't, I heard somewhere else that that legally might not be allowed, but he still issued the proclamation with a time limit. Interesting. I, I'm no lawyer. I don't know these things. So please, uh, if it has to get cut, it has to get cut. But you know, that's what was said of like, Hey, it just has to be 20 days. Yeah. At most. Um, And so just to give um, a recap of why we landed here, ultimately, you know, we reported last week on some of these budget bills. The budget bills were the big ones that kind of caused the hang up, right? The Democrats had their priorities. The governor had his priorities for for the budget. We're going to already be addressing this because within the last week, we've learned that it's not just the governor's priorities that has led to this issue. It wasn't Lombardo's priorities that held up some of these bills. It was actually our the Republicans within our state legislature themselves and their priorities that held up some of our budget bills. It wasn't just Lombardo's himself. Hmm. It's good to know. Uh, yeah, so... Ultimately, uh, they, the Democratic leadership and Lombardo's administration came to an agreement on all but one of the five major state budget implementation bills. In order to compromise, they essentially brokered a deal on three major Lombardo bills, which were the charter school legislation, government modernization efforts, and the criminal justice reforms, although According to the Nevada Independent from their article on June 6th, uh, they were all substantially watered down from their original form. So I'll be really interested in seeing how those landed. That is some of that watering down was what led to the special session of 34 being called. To give more context into that, special session 34 was called specifically to iron out, finalize, and get past the fifth budget bill that was being moved through our assembly. This was budget bill, uh, in its past reference, AB 521. It turned into a different bill for the special session, but that was the yeah, the capital improvement program bill. That was, from everything I could gather today from the Nevada Independent, held up because Republicans were upset at the lack of funding in the charter school bill specifically. Mm -hmm. They were upset that $32 was cut from the bill specifically for charter school teacher raises because, quote, $32 is a small 
or uh, what, or like it was a a small amount or a small call, according to uh, our representative Ira Hansen, mm-hmm. who was saying, "Oh no, it's just thirty two million for our teachers who rightfully deserve it," and he was specifically in quoted saying, "Public school teachers." Hmm. I might ruffle some feathers here, but I tend to disagree with him. <laughs> uh, and I don't think that that was taking $32 million from public school teachers because our public school teachers are already upset that they had $300 million taken from them. I don't think, yeah. We digress on that. Yeah. It was Senate Republicans very upset at the watering down and the negotiations that occurred around some of those bills that led them to held hold up this capital improvements program bill. This is key and important because this bill had a tax increase or tax uh, sustaining in it, which required... Yeah, it's a property tax increase. Okay, so it was a property tax increase, which required two-thirds passage of both sides to actually move forward. Mm -hmm. We are one shy of two-thirds in the Senate, And this did not pass during normal session because of this. There was one Republican senator that that actually did go across and pass for this out in the special session. Some things to note, it was Senator Hammond, who is termed out. Hmm. Does that have something to play into it? I don't know. But it was a senator who's termed out who said, well, we need to get this moved forward. They they did still tout their charter school credentials in their statement of saying, Hey, I've done all this for these people. So they're trying to defend themselves, but Hey, we got it passed. We got to move forward. That was 34. Cool. Yeah. And and so that wrapped up really quickly, right? It was within a day. That that was within a day. Again, it was interesting that Lombardo in his proclamation for that said that it needed to start on that day. I, I can't remember the specific time. It was either 6 or 8 p.m., Mm -hmm. and it had to end by midnight of that same day. They were done faster than he gave them time for. Was that requirement legally allowed? I'm not a lawyer, but just a fun thing to note, because in the proclamation for 35, it's got a start time with no end day. Yeah. Uh, An interesting note. Yeah, so before we get too deep into that one... I do think it would be important to reference, so last week as we were talking about the the final house passages that happened, we learned that same day while we were recording that the Appropriations Act got vetoed. But then, uh, right as we were ending session, it looks like the Democrats pushed it forward again, I think without any changes to it, from my understanding, and he signed it. <laughs> uh, so that's that's fun. I guess that's politics. <laughs> there has been a quote to say that you know um, his vetoes and his passes don't make much political sense, <laughs> and they don't. That's where I'm at. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I mean, okay, cool. Thanks for. Wasting time that we don't have, right? I, I don't know. Oh, just wait. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to do a real high-level review of just maybe some some bills that did get through that are worth talking about and a few things that died as well. 
And then, Tim, we're going to let you have it. We're going to revisit truly the biggest topic that I've seen in any news outlet for Nevada, which is the A Stadium. It's everywhere right now. And I know there has been some interesting updates that have occurred in that space. So before we jump there into that. There have been some fun happenstances, <laughs> if you will. Cool. Uh, so here's just a real quick update as, again, Legislative Session 82 ended. So a few bills that died, a couple of Lombardo's priority bills, specifically ones that he shared at the state of the state that were campaign promises, voter ID and election changes, which was SB 405, that would essentially require more um, identification for voters that did not see the light of day. SB 502 was a promise of a pause on the 18 cents a gallon gas tax and to raise the commerce tax threshold from 4 million to 6 million for businesses. And so that uh, is not moving forward. So we will still continue to receive that gas tax, which I think I... I'm pretty sure I voted for that quite a few years back to fix our stuff, <laughs> like fix our infrastructure. Yeah, I'm here go to for the roads. It. Yeah, fix Get the it roads. Done. Uh, then SB 200 was an education savings account and school choice program. Yep. So that did Boo. not. Yep, that did not make it. Um, again, we, we've talked about this quite a bit. Let's just let's put the money where they need it right now and stop. Oh, the rainy day fund. Yeah, exactly. And then there were a slew. These are just three. I picked three of these education priority bills that died. And so here are just three noteworthy ones. There were a ton SB 158, which we spoke about early in the session that would require cameras in certain classrooms for students with disabilities. That was not even entertained. So no cameras in the classrooms. That was going to open up some interesting worms, and uh, so that did not end up moving forward. I, as, a, as an aside, yeah. I actually find that one quite interesting because I think the can of worms that we thought it was going to open mm -hmm. was actually only ever raised by me. I never heard that concern <laughs> raised by anyone else. I never heard it anywhere else. Everywhere else I read, they seemed to support it. They thought it was a great idea. They thought it was, you know, a huge step in the right direction. I seem to be the only naysayer in that whole thing. So that that's just an interesting aside. I mean, whether that's true or not, maybe, maybe you inspired somebody, Tim, because this bill died. <laughs> yeah, maybe, all I don't know. All right. SB 256 is another education bill that died. It would have created the charter school facilities account to provide funding for facilities of certain charter schools. Again, another bill to hold on to money. Uh, SB 438. This is another bill that would have created another account, which was Teach Nevada, Colla Teach Nevada Collaborative Account. 
What's it, what a weird title. Uh, it would have focused on teacher recruitment. This one, I'm kind of bummed about, if I'm honest. It would have focused on teacher recruitment and retention of existing educators by providing training for those interested in joining the profession and awarding grants to colleges, universities, and other providers of alternative licensure programs and certain nonprofit organizations. It passed out of a policy and budget committee, but apparently it was placed on the secretary's desk and oh, died yeah. without receiving nope. a vote. Yep. Nope. The instant it gets, from my understanding, the instant a bill gets placed on a desk, <laughs> it's dead. If, <laughs> Don't if you put ever the bill in, on the desk. Yeah, if it's ever read in the, the record of on the desk of X, it's <laughs> it's a done bill. That's where they go to die. You want yeah. it in the committee or on the floor or yeah. an amendment or something, but not on the desk. <laughs> yeah. So those are just some. And again, we started, what do we say, Tim? I think with like 1,200 bills when we started this session. I don't, no, I don't think it was 12. I think it was 11. It was, like oh. it was 1,100 or at least 1,000 and change. I don't think it got to 12, but it was It, it was, was a lot. There. Yes. It was a lot. And so these are just a couple that have died. And then as we've already discussed, we've got some that we're going to be revisiting and let me see if there were there any that stuck out to you tim that you feel are important to share that past that you were like oh cool like this is being pushed through i had a couple but then when i actually went and looked they weren't signed yet so i don't want to be well okay so and here's the one thing that i want to say about that because i think I don't know if we got this right or wrong in the last episode, but I heard this more. The idea of a pocket veto only exists for the president. In the state of Nevada, say Lombardo doesn't want to deal with a bill and he lets it sit on his desk. I think it's for 10 days. It might be for 20 days. Mm. But if it sits on his desk for too long and he doesn't address it, it automatically becomes law. Mm. The idea of a pocket veto doesn't exist in the state. The only way that a law doesn't become the law in Nevada is if he actually vetoes it. Interesting. So if, say, there is a bill that he hasn't acted on yet and he's waiting it off, I mean, it might it, it might be, be that, passed. Yeah, it could still be passed. I'm not in his mind, but it could be one of those things where if he approves it, it looks bad on him. Yeah. If he vetoes it, it looks bad on him. If he lets it become law without acting on it, he can argue, well, I didn't do anything. Yeah, that's fair. So I'll I, mention two of these bills that I found interesting that I am curious to see if he signs or not. So one of them, I think we've actually talked about this a, a couple times it is AB 376, where uh, the Senate unanimously, they pass a bill for paid family leave for state employees. We've talked about this a lot. It got through both houses. I, and can, I can guess a state employee who'd probably want to use that really <laughs> bad right now. Right, right in, in this moment. Yeah. Yeah. And so we'll see. I, I hope he signs that bill. Another one was apparently... This was the first that I'd even heard of this. It was SB 490, which was a bill for gaming control board tech upgrade. Because apparently they still have tech from like the 1980s. 
I believe and it. it. Yeah, it would allow the gaming control board to finish replacing its decades. That's with an S, decades, old information technology system that oversees all aspects of the state agency. <laughs> so uh, well, I hope he signs that one, too. I an, A little aside, but you have to remember that the United States trucking industry is war, is run on Windows 98. Oh, my God. So don't necessarily blame the organization for their outdated software or yeah. things. It might be a lack of innovation. It might be some people in the organization saying, well, it works. Why fix it? It sucks, but it, it exists. Yeah. Yeah. Or we can just... Okay, I'm not going to go on my rant. It's not that time yep. yet. It's not yeah. time. Okay. So, Tim. All right. So, to get into 35, I'm going to first... Explain what 35 do... is. So, special session 35. <laughs> this is a special session that was opened by our, our governor. It was proclaimed on the night of Tuesday, June 6th to open on June 7th, from what I remember. I could be wrong on this. But it was supposed to start the day immediately after. It could have been proclaimed on the day immediately after. With one goal in mind. <laughs> to rediscuss or reevaluate the Oakland A Stadium proposal that was pushed forward by our legislature. That was the only thing put forward on the agenda. <laughs> they, can, they cannot look at anything else. They cannot consider anything else. They cannot debate anything else. It is just... This Oakland A's bill. Now, the keynotes is they've got 20 days to do this. They just went on to a recess for the weekend. Mm -hmm. Their next time to adjourn is Monday. Okay. This is currently Thursday. So they're taking off Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So they're taking three days just right there. Just to get their minds right. Just to think about some things, not even to get their mind right, just to think about some things, okay? What they're debating is called SB1, which as of right now is the exact same as SB509, which was the stadium bill that was introduced. Same text, same everything, no changes. And essentially, I just want to make sure that I'm clear on this, so... From my understanding, we did not, and by we, I, I mean the legislators did not even entertain the bill, right, while we were in session? The the bill was entertained. It did not make it out of the joint committee that was, it Working was given. On it. Got it. This was the joint committee hearing that was held on Memorial Day at, you know, 4 p.m. that everyone in the hearing was like... Well, clearly you don't want our input because you're yeah. holding it on a holiday during barbecue time. And it never made it out of that committee. They never entertained it beyond that. Something that was highlighted today in some of the questioning by Senator Fabian Donata, and I apologize if I pronounced his name wrong, but was the fact of this bill is unchanged and has none of the amendments or asks or, you know, just general fixes that were requested or, you know, questioned around by any of our legislatures. It is the same bill cut and dry. Wild. So you have some insight from my understanding, Tim. So give us the goods. 
I would just say some of the greater <laughs> insights, because you can copy and paste everything that we said last episode in regards to what we have now. <laughs> because Jeremy, yeah, Jeremy Aguero is still there. He's still a non-economist slime ball, just touting <laughs> a bunch of crazy numbers that do not make sense. They think that the Oakland A's, which are the worst team in the league, will draw all these people into... Our area, they keep drawing comparisons to different sports teams and, you know, the Oakland Raiders, but it's it's not quite the same deal. Mm-mm. The I think the biggest differences, or at least some that were highlighted to me today, and I wish I could explain them better, but I had three meetings going on at once, so <laughs> I had a lot happening. If in this bill, say the bill passes, say we start building this stadium... There is this waterfall effect in the bill. It was also in the Oakland A or in the Oakland Raiders bill, which essentially says if the cost gets too high or not too high, if the cost is low and we have more money or we've allocated more money than we actually need to build everything, we're going to start working on other projects within the community. Now, if the opposite occurs for this stadium and the bonds are not covered, it's then property taxes that are being increased or going towards paying this overhead. Hell no. There isn't, yeah, there isn't necessarily an overhead that's getting paid towards this. Another key point that was raised today that I think is important to note that because I'm not a sports person, I couldn't raise the last time. (laughs) The Las Vegas Aviators are the feeder team for the Oakland A's. They just built a privately funded stadium because they needed to. Interesting. There is no there is no reason why the Oakland A's can't play in, you know, their feeder team stadium that was just built. Uh, there's no reason for them to build a whole new one. The key thing was is that the owner of the Oakland A's was actually at the legislature to testify this time. Mm, he showed up, Mr. Fisher. <laughs> but that's only after a member of the gallery of our legislature saw him up there and heard a lobbyist tell him, hey, stay up here so you don't have to answer questions. So that person then proceeded proceeded to use their entire phone book to contact every state legislature who was in the room that they could to tell them that he was in there so that they forced him onto the floor. Uh, <laughs> That's great. Like, he's hiding. Like, they don't. Wow. Why he wants this money when he's got all this uh, uh, Well, they're never they're never full. They're never satisfied, Timothy. I, I, I'm not those gonna billionaires. Get to, I'm not gonna get to the broke my brain yet because there's actually <laughs> something around this that like where I'm just scratching my head, but more or less we are in the middle of another special session debating only this and everyone's kind of scratching their heads saying, Why are we doing this? What's going on? Uh, I had coworkers today say, "Hey, have you watched that hearing with that A's guy? They're they're not their analyst dude looks coked out." <laughs> and I'm like, "Well, I mean, the the economist guy next to him is just equally an idiot, so I wouldn't be surprised." Uh, <laughs> so I'll say this to our listeners: Look, maybe you want this A's stadium. I don't think I've met an A's fan who wants the A's stadium in Vegas, but I digress. I haven't either, but I'm trying to be <laughs> okay, as, <yep. laughs> un, as objective as I can. 
But the reality is I, I am in the same boat as you, Tim. I have not come across anybody who actually wants this to happen. And so what I want to encourage our listeners to do is to contact our legislators. We got three days. Yep, we sure Their do. Their lines are open. Um, I... Uh, my wife, I like to say that she's very politically aware. She sent me something really cool called Resist Bot. And if you haven't heard of it, if you have an iPhone or whatever, you can actually look it up online. It'll, it uses AI to complete the letters for you and sends them to your legislators. So all of your local ones, we sent them to all three today, and tell them how you feel about this. That is how we actually do something when we don't have an opportunity to vote. Look at that as your voice, and it's going to the right people. Do whatever you need to do. Yeah. Do something is the yes. point, right? And so think back to when we interviewed Ryan, and he said... The, his biggest takeaway was how surprising it was to see that people don't know how to get involved and that yep. they can take way more action than they are. So public, here is something, an option for you if you are in opposition or you're pro the stadium, you have an opportunity to, it's very easy well, to find ways to reach out to your legislators. Even if you believe you're neutral... Uh, most of the time, because our, our legislature gives you that option. However, if the only people that are actually neutral are going to be organizations that have to say they're neutral, most people aren't neutral, but you do also have that option. So yep. you can be for or against, or, you know, you don't care, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it exists. Well, shall we jump into what broke our brains this week? Uh, did we talk the ethics hearing, though? <gasps> Yeah. I mean, we we can scratch that itch real quick. I, I do want to scratch that itch real quick because this is just some juicy Nevada stuff that's happened. So I woke up to an article. I already said this earlier when we kicked off the, the podcast that essentially said our governor, Lombardo, Lombardo is under an ethics investigation. I, re- I skimmed through the article, and from my understanding, it is Due to while he was campaigning, he was in uniform or wearing his badge. And apparently there is issue with that, um, that he, as far as using state provided. uh, It it comes down (laughs) to a broader ethics violation that every elected official has to adhere to which is, to the best of your ability, you can't use any resources or tools that you have as an elected official. That could influence the the public opinion. Correct, correct. correct. So because he was a sheriff... That is an elected official. That is an elected position yep. where he, you know, had power. He had influence. He had things, and it was construed that him wearing his uniform or his badge to different events, as running for governor, not as a sheriff, mm-hmm. was using his title, his elected prowess as sheriff, to gain favor with voters. As opposed to someone, say, like Sam Brown, who has served it's that same principle of just someone who who may have served, 
who mm-hmm. may have done something, you know, great for our country, but isn't an active public official, it's harder for them to walk around, say, in their army blues or army greens and say, oh, yeah, I was a... Uh, <laughs> and have justification lo- for that. <laughs> yeah, they're going to get in a lot of trouble doing that. Yeah. He was able to do it a lot easier. Yeah. And so they're saying there's like... 58 counts because I guess they went back and scrubbed videos from his campaign season to say this. The 58 counts is an important thing to recognize (laughs) for this because they're recommending a fine of 1.6 million. That's right. This fine is significant because it has caused a member of the ethics committee to resign. Yeah, I that was news to me because before you explain more on that, I'm going to share that when I read this this morning, I was like, you've got to be kidding me, right? This is not, I don't know, I guess when there is so much other corruption happening, right? We already mentioned that there was an indictment today, right, for obstruction of justice, <laughs> It's, it is really hard for me to personally wrap my mind around, is this worth all that is happening, this whole investigation, the time and the energy and the money, the resources being spent to, to do this ethics investigation for wearing a uniform. I I don't know. I'm not sure where I fully stand on that. But if you have more details, it would make this more interesting. (laughs) Just to first counter that point, because normally I would be in that same exact mindset of you. Yeah. But in a different sense, because I felt that same way about anything relating to Donald Trump in 2021 and 2022. The reason was, is because we have a midterm election where actual candidates and actual people running for office are talking about actual issues, and yet half the news cycle was just about, oh, Donald Trump's doing this stuff, blah, 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 and he's not going to become an issue until 2023 and 2024. Yeah. And everyone's response to me saying that was, well, he's a criminal, though. He's done something wrong. (laughs) So my response to you is- I mean, he is and he has- (laughs) Uh, But my response to you is Lombardo did violate ethics in doing this. He did do something wrong that every elected official knows is wrong. Mm -hmm. And he should like, I agree with you of like, is this worth the time? Because I felt the same way about our president (laughs) who was indicted today. Like I felt the same way about someone who I'm happy was indicted today, but this is happening when it needed to happen for him. And we were talking about his indictment two fucking years ago. Yeah, I'm sorry, but like, maybe I was being a little greedy and I was running for office and like, Hey, talk about me instead of this fucking guy who's not running for office. But like, It's, it's one of those things of, yeah, he's not running for office now. And like, yeah, it's not too important, but it sets a precedent for people in our state moving yeah. forward. And it, ensure, it ensures that things are, are, are being proper moving forward. When it comes to the member resigning, I can't give full fruition to this or not, but this came from a Nevada independent article where a commissioner from the committee said 
This $1.6 million fine is unprecedented and uncalled for. It feels politically motivated. Mm -hmm. The largest fine that the commission had ever given prior was only fifteen grand, and now we're looking at $1.6 million. Yeah. The argument for the $1.6 million was that 58 counts where they added them all together and said, well, you owe us a total of this much because you violated it this many times. Wow. To someone else's point or to maybe the, this person's point who resigned from this commission, they probably should have investigated and given him a fine before he hit 58 different accounts of it. Like, <laughs> at what point do you start looking at it before you're just adding them together and waiting until it's all done? Yeah. Like, maybe that was his point, because it does feel like there is some political motivation when you're saying, oh, well, you're not campaigning anymore, so we're going to add them all together, and you did it 58 times. Right. Like, after the fifth time, someone should have been like, hey, what is he doing? Yeah. And someone should have looked into it. So I I can see both sides of this coin, which is why I think this is important to talk about, mm -hmm. because he did violate ethics very clearly sure. to any elected official, but is 1.6 million and the way that they did it justified for the totality of circumstances? Can they send an equally important message with a smaller fine? I'd like to think so. I don't know. Yeah, but it definitely it, seems excessive. Yeah, there, that's why it, it needs to be brought up because it happened. He did violate ethics, but... You know, people are resigning over this because this seems very sketchy. <laughs> I, yeah. Hmm. Well, honestly, I mean, that's kind of a brain breaker, but let's get into the actual breaking of the brain now, shall we? Yeah. Okay, cool. So I actually have two, but they're super short. So cool. I'll do mine. So. I stumbled across an article today when I was doing some research that Twitter is now officially based in Nevada. I, uh, I had no idea. Apparently, they became incorporated in the state of Nevada and they, they left Delaware. And this is all part of Elon Musk's bigger plan of building a company called X and there's a whole thing there. I don't have a lot of details, but it makes sense because we give that man a lot of tax breaks here in the state yeah, of Nevada. Nevada is one of the like three or four tax havens in the country. So yeah, makes I, sense. So, yeah. So that was news to me. I had no clue. So that was a thing. And then as I was also doing research, I stumbled across a bill that was passed and signed by the governor that I have not heard of at all, and it's AB82. And what it is, is it, for the state of Nevada, will be declared World Esports Day. And it's going to be a really big deal that it will be, uh, it's like the after the last Saturday in October every year, something like that. And the governor will declare that day every year. And there will be media outlets involved and celebration of Nevada's gaming industry and the influence and the jobs it creates and all of this stuff. And 
I didn't even know that that was a thing, but I guess everybody's on board with it because it's now law and it passed. <laughs> so, so those are my two really quick broke my brains. They were interesting. So how about yours, Tim? And then we'll wrap this up. So... I'm going to preface mine with, hey, remember how there were rumors of three special sessions occurring? Yes. Uh, one to do with the CIP, which we're done with. Mm-hmm. Quick special session. Yep. One to do with a stadium. Yes. <laughs> it's being prolonged right now. And one to do with the possible film tax credits mm-hmm. for our mm-hmm. state. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My broke my brain is why the third one will never happen. Because it's not even, I I haven't had the time to verify this because it was given to me about an hour and a half ago, but someone asked the estimated cost of a special session for our state. Okay. Because when you think about a special session, even if this, even if our representatives do their duties, and I'm not even going to say their duties, but like do their fair part and forgo payment for a special session, which is in their rules to do. Mm -hmm. They can take a per diem and not have to take pay for the special session. Mm -hmm. There is still staff involved. Mm. You still have to keep the lights on. You still have to pay the legislative staff. You still have to pay the administrative staff. You still have to pay everyone involved with keeping the legislature open. Yeah. In an episode... I don't know, five, six episodes ago, we highlighted that there have been 30, well, now we know, 35 special sessions, most to all of which have to do with a budget. And that's because the average cost of a special session, I was quoted, or I was told today, I haven't been able to verify, Uh 150 to 200 grand a day. Wow. Our governor has decided to do a special session on a bill that clearly no one fucking wanted. (laughs) And even our legislatures are like, we're going to take a three-day fucking vacation because we're tired and we don't want this. And we we don't know why we're here. We're questioning everything. And he's willing to pay 200K a day of my fucking tax dollars to try and get this dumbass fucking bill passed. (laughs) This is most passionate I think I've ever seen you about something. he ain't, he ain't going to get this third session because oh, as man. was highlighted today, what our leadership should do is wait until the veto deadline next week where he either has to veto things or they become law. Then he has nothing in his pocket. Then they can say, all right, dude, bye. Yeah. We're not debating this anymore because yeah, they considered his fucking stadium. Yeah. They don't have to pass it. Yeah. And they're good. But like... It, this is such a stretch of him trying to win like political bonus points from someone. Yeah. From someone, right? Like he clearly wants to have his name on this thing. Um, for the final thing, I, I at least have to add this in here cause I'm an old like philosopher. We had the signy die, which was at 120 days. Uh-huh. The Latin pronunciation is Sinadia. I was going to ask you this, but I chickened out and didn't attempt to say it. So thanks for that. Well, yeah. So sine die, that's how I will be saying it from now on, or at least trying to, because, you know, if I could not be a totally 
bigoted American. I'd love to be. Uh, personal opinion. Uh, the question was asked earlier, how do, how do cool kids say it? And they were like, sine die. And I was like, well, are you kidding me? Sine die. Let's do Latin. <laughs> well, hopefully we're not offending anybody. We uh, are here to learn and grow. Yes. Oh, yes. Learn. <laughs> All right. Let's wrap it up. All right. So for the outro this week, uh, don't shop at Gap or Old Navy just because their owner is also the owner of the Oakland A's. Oh, fun shit, fact. I yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that's our little fun tidbit of the week. Like, <laughs> why? If you, you own Gap those or companies, Old Navy. Okay, yeah, Gap it. or Old Navy. Like, I, why, yeah, if you I own all that there. stuff, do you need to freaking get public funding for a stadium? Write your write your representatives, even if they're not your representatives, but they're in your party. Write them. Write them, Get your please. voices heard. I've heard some rough vote counts today, and it seems like it's very up in the air still. Yikes. Some have decided, some have not. And it's the some have not that it's the big thing of they can flip it either way. Mm-hmm. Write in. Make mm-hmm. your voices heard. Mm-hmm. We did it once. We can do it again. Yep. When it comes to the podcast, listen to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We're trying to get a third one out there. We'll we'll announce it when it's ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, subscribe, review, rate, comment. Um, don't DDoS us, though, or dox us. That's not fun, whatever those are. Uh, look, I'm... Just it's t- the, tell it's your the friends. Outro. Yeah, if, you, t- if you listen to us and you like us, tell your friends. Tell your friends, binge us. It seems like that's a popular thing now. Everyone's telling me they're just binging our episodes. So nice. keep binging us, I guess. Um, what? Oh, the email. What's the email for suggestions, comments, concerns, fan yeah. suggestions? If you, if you hate this, if you love it, if you have any <laughs> thoughts or ideas, shoot us an email. Hello at nvpoliticspodcast.com. All right. Have I forgotten anything else for the outro? There's it. I'm getting pretty good at these unscripted ones. I'm liking them. <laughs> Listen to us next week. Same same place, same channel, different we'll topics. Here. You know, uh, we, maybe we interview someone. Maybe we don't. Ooh, yeah, we have a lot done of people want to interview. Yeah, we'll do that. Uh, yeah, we gotta we gotta brainstorm on it. But okay. Next week. All right. Bye. Bye.